You are listening to the Crossing Anchor Podcast in Detroit, Michigan. So glad to have you with us today. If this encourages you or helps, please share the word and bless others as well. Let's start with today's content. Give it up for Rob. Rob is the best. Rob, we could not do this without you. I feel kind of slightly strange up here on the stage. I've never preached from on the stage before. I've always been on the ground, but I need to feel, I need to like feel um, a sense of superiority. And so, um, no, hey, thank you so much for, for being here tonight. I'm really excited to begin a brand new series of talks tonight. And we had a phenomenal time of worship. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Austin. Um, thanks for that amazing time of, of worship. I'm so excited to get into this new space. Um, it's going to be incredible. We're going to have space for kids ministry. Come on. Uh, we haven't yet. And I know Ann is back there like just so excited about it. And we're going to have such a great kids ministry. And it's just going to be a space for, for growth. Um, I, I think it's going to be really, really amazing. So come and join us on the 24th or check it out early on the 17th. Um, we're starting a brand new series tonight called Miracle in Motion. Anybody need a miracle? You don't have to raise your hand, but you can just self-assess. Anybody need a miracle? Or if you don't right now, think to a point in your life where you needed a miraculous move from God. Something that only he could do. Something that if he didn't do it, it wouldn't happen. That's what I'm talking about when I say miracle. Because I think that sometimes we overuse the word miracle. Like, like if everything's a miracle, then nothing is a miracle, right? Like there, there's, there's ways that God moves that's definitely him, but it's not necessarily a miracle per se. Like, you know, you found a great job. Not, you know, that's, I'm sure God was working in that, but that's not what I'm talking about necessarily when I say miracle. What I'm saying is like, there is no reasonable way that this would have happened. There is no possible explanation for this except for God. I love how the Bible a lot of times, it'll tell a story and it'll give a really grave scenario. And then it will end with, but God. Anybody thankful for some but God's? in their life, like, I was down and out, but God. I didn't know how I was going to make it, but God. I, I didn't know if I was going to get through this, but God. Like, I, I love those stories. And we're going to look through this series at different stories in Scripture that were those miraculous, but God kind of moments. And aside from looking at stories in Scripture, I want to also tell you about some things that just I've experienced in life that hopefully will stir your faith. Because I think our faith needs some little extra added to it sometimes. Like I think when we get around each other, that's what's so great about church is that we get to kind of build off of each other's faith. Maybe you don't have faith for something right now, but maybe I do. And maybe I don't have faith for something right now, but you do. And we kind of get to build into each other's faith. And the cumulative amount of our faith together produces more than it could alone. So faith is getting stirred up. It's going to get stirred up over the next couple of weeks. But if you want to experience a miracle from God, you have to have things in order. Did you know when Jesus 
fed the 5,000, the first thing he did before he ever prayed over the bread and supernaturally provided for all the people there, he had the disciples put people into groups. He organized it, and then he blessed it. You see, you have to have things in the right order. Anybody ever bought a piece of Ikea furniture? I mean, it's great, right? It's like, it's trendy, it's cool, it's not that expensive, it's out of stock, uh, it's going to take a long time to get, but it's, you know, hopefully worth it in the end. But the thing that's hard with Ikea stuff is it's designed by the Swiss, and nothing against Swiss people, but like, this some brilliant Swiss engineer designed this piece of furniture, and you need an engineering degree if you're going to put it together. You know what I'm talking about? Like, Ikea is great for money, but it's bad for your marriage. Like, I'll, I'll just be honest. You ever try to put together a piece of Ikea furniture with your spouse? Like, you're lucky if you're still married when you get to the other side of it. When Emily and I first got married, I went to, I lived in Montana at the time, and I drove up to Calgary, which was five hours from where I lived, so I could get a piece of Ikea furniture. That was the closest Ikea to us. That's how much I love my wife, just so you know. So I drove up to Calgary, and then I got this couch and I had no way to fit it in my car. It was just a little too big for my car. So I had to put it on top of my car, but I'm not a handyman, like at all. I didn't have straps. I didn't know how to put straps on. And people at Ikea are not very helpful when it comes to this kind of stuff. I was like, hey, could you help me put this on my car? And they're like, no, nope. But then I saw them helping somebody else put theirs on, on, on his car. So I don't know what was up with that, but maybe they knew I was an American and they were like not into it. But I, I tried to get it up on the top of my car. I had to drive over to Canadian Tire, which is kind of like a Walmart meets a discount tire type place. And the guy from there, I slipped him a 20 and he helped me put it on top of my car. And so I drove it from Calgary. I couldn't get the car to go above 50 because what happened was the back side of the box blew off while I was driving. And then the plastic wrap that the couch was in started like fishing, like fishtailing, like it was like all over the freeway. And like every car around me just gave me this really wide berth. Like we do not want that. And then it started pouring rain. And I was like, if I get this couch home, it's a miracle, y'all. Anyway, I did get it home. Emily was literally waiting in the driveway. She was so excited for the couch to get home. And it was not soaked. It was like in perfect condition. But what I've noticed with the Ikea furniture pieces is like, if you get something in the wrong order, it messes it all up. Like, like if you're looking at it, you're like, oh, I think this goes here and that goes there. And then you decide to do this before you do this. You decide to screw in the bolt before you put on the washer or you put the bolt in the wrong place or the first place instead of the second place. Then you got to go back and do it all again because there's a certain order that it was designed to be put together. In. And if you don't do it like that, it doesn't work. Here's what Jesus said. Matthew 6, 33. This is how you set your life up for the supernatural. This is how you position yourself for a miracle. Jesus said this, Matthew 6, 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. There's an order that we're supposed to be following. And that order is that God is first and everything else is second. And if you get that order in the wrong position, it's going to mess everything else up 
What's this, all these things that Jesus is talking about that's going to be given to you as well? He's talking to people who are worried about the basic necessities of life. He's talking to people who are worried about where the next meal is going to come from, who are worried about how they're going to provide for their family. He's talking to people who have very real concerns, not unlike you and I. People who needed God to come through in their lives. And he, when he says all these things, he's talking about every need you have. So it doesn't just have to be paying the bills or getting a new job or finding a car. It can be even things like relational needs, emotional needs. God knows we have needs in all sorts of different categories. And so he's saying, here is the recipe for me to provide for you, for me to come through for you. Seek first my kingdom. And then all these things will be added unto you. But the problem is we get so worried about not having the stuff that we need that we start to put those things above God. We're like, oh, I, I, I'm putting my job higher priority than God because I'm worried that if I don't, I'm going to lose it and I'm not going to have the ability to pay the bills. I'm putting this relationship in a higher priority than God because I have to have this person in my life. And if I don't, I just don't understand how everything will still work. And we think that by putting these other things above God that we're actually safeguarding them, but really we're jeopardizing them. Your family's never going to be in a better place than when you put God first. Your, your provision that you need in life is never going to be in a better place than when you put God first. But how many times, like, I'm a, I'm a pastor, so I hear this all the time. It's like, you know, people, they're not able to make it on a weekend or whatever, and they're like, well, I just, you know, soccer, sports, got to get in extra hours, got to do this. And I understand that things come up, and I understand that life is busy and all of that stuff. But my question isn't really about that. My question is, where is your priority? Is your priority on God's kingdom first, above everything else? Or is your priority, I'll get to God when I get around to God? Because when you put God first, let me tell you, you are positioning yourself, you are setting yourself up for the supernatural. I told you I wanted to share you some stories about supernatural things that I've seen God do. Because hello, God still works miracles, y'all. God's not done with miracles. It's not like he got to, you know, Jesus resurrected from the dead and he's like, okay, cool, I'm done, peace out. No, he's, he's still working. He's still doing amazing things. I got to go on a missions trip to El Salvador. This was a long time ago. Anybody ever heard of Operation Christmas Child? Some of you have. It's a really great ministry where people pack shoeboxes and they send them to places in the world where children would not usually get a Christmas gift. Some of these children actually when they receive their shoebox, is the first gift they've ever received in their life of any kind. And so people pack these shoeboxes, they send them all over the world, and I got a chance to go on one of the trips where they distribute those boxes. And we went to this village in El Salvador, and they knew we were coming, and we were in this like little soccer field, and people had come, and they were ready. They, they knew that we were going to be giving out these gifts. And we had an accountant on our team, and God bless accountants, like, we need you. I need you. Because that's not my strong suit. Accountants, it's like math and finances. Like, that's, that's your world. And so that was this guy, professional accountant. CPA, I think. Certified public accountant. 
So we get to the village. He counts the boxes. Guy who's really good at math. Guy who does this for a living. Counts the boxes. Counts the children. We don't have enough boxes for the children. Counts the boxes. Counts the children. We don't have enough boxes for the children. But we went on as planned. We started giving out the boxes. And would you know it, by the time we were done, every child who was there had received a box. It wasn't possible unless it was God. Could the accountant have made a mistake a couple of times? Professional math guy? I guess he could have. But when God moves, listen, it is verifiable. Like when God moves, you can take it to the bank. When God moves, you can show other people. When God moves, you can go to the doctor and the doctor can be astounded. My mom, I'm not making this up. This is a real story. My mom had emphysema. She was a, a smoker for a long time. And she got emphysema. She went to a concert. And it was Carmen. Anybody remember Carmen? Okay, come on. I got some the faithful in here, if you remember Car Carmen. And they had a moment in time where they, they prayed for people during this concert. And my mom went back to the doctor, no emphysema. Gone. Didn't show up in the scans. Like, like a miracle, a miraculous move of God. God can still do miracles. And maybe you're here tonight and you're like, I need a miracle. And I put myself in the position that I'm in. I realize that it's my own mistake that got me to where I'm at right now. I just want to encourage you, God can still work a miracle. Maybe you'll learn a lesson in the process too, but God's not going to just rule it out because you made a mistake. My mom had emphysema because she was a smoker, but God can still heal. God, maybe somebody gets in, you know, you get COVID and you get in, in the hospital and you should have gotten a vaccine or whatever and now you're there. Well, God can still heal you. Like God is able to do the supernatural even when we made a mistake. But to position ourselves for him to move, we also need to start with obedience. I remember I was, uh, back when I lived in Montana, I was a pastor there at a church, and I would get counseling calls from time to time. And one day I got a call from this couple, and they were worried that their house was haunted. And it was like a real thing. Like they were literally afraid of demonic activity in their home. And so they called me up and, and they're like, Pastor, basically they wanted me to perform an exorcism. Um, and I do it for a small fee. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you need me later. No. Um, so I'm talking with them and they're like, yeah, there's this. And it sounded really, to me, it sounded creepy. And these were very normal sounding. They weren't like people who seemed like they were crazy. Like this scary situation in their home. I started asking them more questions, asking them more questions. Turns out this was a couple that wasn't married, but they were living together. You can't expect God to move supernaturally on your behalf if you are already not obeying what he's said to do. Like, I can't go to your house and perform an exorcism when you're willfully living in a situation that's what God said not, not to do. And I don't, I don't say that to shame you. I don't say that to make anybody feel bad. I realize it's 2021 and everybody, whatever. But God's word is clear. And like, I don't want you to not be able to benefit from what God wants to do in your life by 
Now, if, you, if you've made mistakes, God's gracious. We've already talked about that. But if you're in this moment right now where you're not walking in what he says, how about start with turning away from that and then ask God to come through with the miracle? Maybe you're like, God, I need your supernatural provision. But you're not putting God first in your finances. I've, I've experienced this many times where I've withheld for what God's told me to give and then gotten into a bind and wondered what's going on. It feels like there's holes in my pockets. And it's because I haven't put God first through tithing. Like, why would I ask God to bless me financially when I'm not obeying him in what he's already clearly said? Seek God first. Put him above everything else. God doesn't want to be number two. God doesn't want to be number three. He wants all of you, and he wants to be the most important thing in your life. The first commandment in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, the first one is you shall love the Lord your God or worship the Lord your God only and have no other gods before him. The number one thing is don't put anything else above me, God is saying. But what I've learned is this. You never come in second by putting God first. My goodness, that was a lot better than you responded, but that's okay, I'll let it sink in. <laughs> you never come in second by putting God first. I mean, the stories I could tell you when I have stepped out in faith with what God has told me to do and then seen him provide or do something crazy because I followed him and I put him first and I obeyed him. I remember... When this church was first starting, I told you I was going to share some stories. I hope that's okay. I hope this is building up your faith. When this church first started, I've actually told this story uh, before, but we did an offering at the end of one year, and it was like our end of the year kind of special offering, and we decided to give some money away from that offering. We had made some commitments of what we were going to give away from that offering, and it wasn't easy for us to make those commitments to give away those funds, but we did. We're a small church and we're just operating in faith. Would you know that when it was all said and done, the amount that we gave away, God gave us 10 times exactly the amount that we gave away. Like 10 times to, to the dollar. Because we stepped out on faith and we obeyed. I don't want you to miss out in whatever area of your life because you're afraid to put God first. You're afraid to obey him. You're afraid to stand out on what he said. I, you know, like, how is it going to work if I don't do this or if I, if I make a commitment to come to church or if I make a commitment to be in a dinner party? Hello, if you're not in a dinner party, get into a dinner party. Like, that's what makes this church feel like a home. Like, those are, like, the best parts of the week. If you just come on a Sunday, you are missing out. I remember when I worked at my old church before we started, we did small groups, but it was, you know, a similar idea. But when we first started those, the counseling load that I had as a pastor went, no joke, went down by 80% because people were in community. Because a lot of what people need happens when you just come together. And instead of relying on the pastor, you rely on the body of Christ to be the body of Christ. And then you get the things that you need. You don't like, you don't have to have a meeting with me because you've got a meeting with Nate. 
and you're having coffee and you're speaking truth into each other's lives. And not only that, but now you are even more mature in your faith because instead of relying on somebody else, God's calling you to grow up and to help somebody else. So get into a dinner party is what I'm saying. Put God first in every area of your life and watch what God does as a result. I wouldn't want you to miss out on a miracle. I, like I said, I've seen so many miracles, it's, it's too hard to count how many miracles that I've seen God do. Like verifiable, God-working type of miraculous things. And he's still doing that today. And he knows exactly what you need and he knows what's going on in your life. And he is able to bring a miracle if that is his will in your situation. There's nothing that's holding him back. He's not too weak. He's not incapable, but sometimes it just requires us to step out and obey. This month, we're going to be doing this series, Miracle in Motion. We're going to look at different stories in Scripture of God doing miraculous things. And, and throughout this month, we're even going to throw some things out of things that we're going to be doing as a church that I'm really excited about. Some people we're going to support, some things we're going to do, because what's even better then receiving a miracle is being a part of the miracle. Man, I've seen miracles in my life that I just praise God for and I am so pumped about. But when I get to be a part of somebody else's miracle, it's even better. I mentioned we did this offering last year and we said, hey, we're going to give a chunk of this to church planting and we're going to give a chunk of this we hadn't even planned for this, but there was this local business that got hit really hard from the pandemic last year. And we just felt like the Holy Spirit told us that we needed to give a certain amount to this business. And it wasn't anything we had planned, but we just said, hey, we're going to do it. And so we stepped out in faith. I remember giving the check to the business owner, tears streaming down her face and her saying, I did not know how I was going to make payroll. And this is exactly the amount that I needed. That business was able to stay in operation. That check kept them afloat for a couple more months, which is exactly what they needed to continue to be around today. I don't know if they would be here if it weren't for the generosity of God's people and what he's done through Cross and Anchor Church. So come on, give yourself a hand. You were a part of somebody else's miracle. And we're going to continue to be a part of other people's miracles. We're going to continue to be a part of blessing this city, of seeing lives change, of seeing people get baptized, of seeing marriages be restored, of seeing people who are down and out and filled with depression and hopelessness find life and joy and peace, seeing people who are addicted come out of addiction because, hello, I serve a God who can break addiction. I, I serve a God who you don't have to live in that lifestyle. You don't have to live in that habit anymore. God can change you. The Holy Spirit can give you the power to change. God is a miracle-working God. And I want to be a part of his miracle. Next weekend, I'm going to be doing a special message in this series, and we're going to call it Vision Sunday. And we're going to be talking about all that's coming up in the next year for Cross and Anchor, if God wills. And I would love if you'd come and join us for that. It's also going to be our last weekend in this space before we move to our new space, and it's really going to be special. Um, and I'm excited to see what God does because I believe we're just getting started here in Detroit. 
And it's not going to be just one person or a couple of people. It's, I've, I've heard it said, a great church is not built on the talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of many. And so if we as a church can collectively come together and watch what God does, I just can't wait to see. I, um, I want to pray for anybody who needs a miracle tonight and trust that God is able to do that. Um, and what I would love is immediately after the service is done, um, Austin, who's on our worship team, if he could just play in the background for a second. Um, and then if you want prayer for anything, I'm going to ask Olivia, Rob, uh, anybody from our team who wants to come up and pray for people, we'd love to pray for you about whatever you need in your life. But can we pray together right now? God, thank you that each person who's here tonight is not here on accident. You've drawn each person here for a reason. And God, I don't know the needs in the room. I, I don't know the challenges that people are facing. I don't know the, the hardship, the difficulty, the strain. But you do. And for those that would watch online, you're able to see each person. And you don't see a crowd, you see individuals. So God, I, I just pray whatever the need is, would you meet it tonight? Whatever the miracle that is that needs to happen, God, if it's your will, would you come through and do the miraculous tonight? Thank you for listening to the Cross and Anchor podcast from Detroit, Michigan. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and share this with others. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. And let's live our lives on purpose.